welcome to the podcast of our radio show, which broadcasts live 6 to 9am weekdays on FM 105.3, Hit 105. You are now listening to it in podcast form, which is the previously played audio condensed down into this sweet little download. And we have been asking if you do uh, listen to the podcast, we'd love to get a message maybe on our Facebook page or maybe just on the reviews of the actual podcast. No one messages. I actually think, I, I believe... You don't think anyone's listening? No one listens to the Aww. podcast because no one ever interacts and sends us Facebook messages at Stab Abby and Matt. Maybe they don't want to. Maybe they're not the type of people that would call up the show. Did I just stumble on my words a little bit like I'm drunk? Because I'm not. I was drunk yesterday. <laughs> Today. But hey, uh, it was a good show. We had Manny Acton in the truth booth answering some questions, and I thought it was very heartfelt. We also talked about uh, the worst magpie injuries you've seen, and one of them was an absolute shocker. Mm. They're aggressive little bastards, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Who's more aggressive, the females or the males? Because do they do- both protect <clears throat> the young? I think it's the females. Uh. But they have squads. Like if you see, like there's like four of them all protecting the one nest. They call them gangs. They do? Yeah. They're not like Taylor Swift. That was so like squad. Yeah. They're like gangs. Do you, is that what a group of magpies is? Gangs? No, I, or like, is it? no, no, I made that up. Sorry. I think they're, thinking they're of, a flock. Would they be flock? Because crows are a murder of crows. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Deny. I don't like magpies anyway. They, don't Pack. let them know that. <laughs> don't let them know that. They're not on my Christmas card list. Anyway, some great stories on the way. Let's get into the podcast. In Brisbane, Australia, magpies are considered the most aggressive in the world. Oi, what's your problem, mate? As residents ride their bikes around the city, they are subject to heinous attacks. Ah! Hell, mate? These are their stories. It's been confirmed that Queensland magpies are the most vicious. There is more attacks reported than any other state. And 16% of the attacks end in an injury. And that's what we wanted on 131060. Have you been injured by a magpie? Mm. And, and where are they? Because this is like a public service announcement. Yeah. So we're in Brisbane. There is a website you can get on and see where the worst ones are too, if it's magpie a alert. concern for you. What Ash, is it? Magpiealert.com. Mm. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. yeah, the guy started up because yeah. he was... Um, and so oh. you get on, if you get attacked, you get on and log your little event and it goes on a the map. There you go. Uh-huh. Ashley's in the switch. Uh, they'd be rough magpies out there in the switch. Uh, what happened to you? Um, so I was just walking down the street um, with my daughter in the pram. I was about 36 weeks pregnant, uh-huh. 37 weeks. Yeah. And um, out of nowhere, had a big magpie come and just swooped me. And I'm like, I'm running there, waving my arm around, big belly out. <laughs> and then four days later, I gave birth. <laughs> You're saying that it scared you so was, much you had a baby? Really <laughs> and you're blaming the magpie for it. Yeah, I'm blaming the magpie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even like you can describe the magpie to anyone either. He was know? black and white, he had yeah. a beak. It's about this tall. That's narrowed it down. He was wearing red Nike shoes. <laughs> I always feel like you go, no, their eyes were red. It was possessed. Oh, yeah. They turned to that. <sighs> Jess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You were attacked by Morning. a magpie? Yes, when I was in primary school, you know how it's usually magpie season and they have an out-of-bounds area? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, we had a big one with a massive tree and my mum decided to drop me off the front where I would have to walk across the oval. And I said, no, mum, you can't drop me off here because this is out-of-bounds. No, she just completely insisted. (laughs) So I had to get out and I had to run across the oval with my hands waving in the air screaming and the magpie attacked me the whole entire way. Hmm. And, um, yeah, left me with a big hole in the back of my ear in wow. the hard part. Wow. No. 
Was your mum yeah. still there after? Yeah, laughing. <laughs> no, yeah, probably. It would have. It probably would have looked absolutely hilarious. Not going to lie. Mm. But um, yeah, she just was driving off, waving. You'll be fine. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Magpies endangered? No. No. So you're allowed to? No. no. <laughs> Just because an animal isn't endangered doesn't mean you can like kill it. Cruelty, cruelty Let animal. me finish. Okay, what was it? Yeah. Capture them, keep them as a pet, and train them to be more pleasant. Well, we had this conversation. No, remember? but that's what you would be able to do if they're endangered when you like look after them. To remember, we had this conversation. If you befriend the magpie, then it helps. That's the thing you have to be mm. friends was, with. That's what I was going to say. Mm. Take them a peace offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa <laughs> in Bellbird Park. Uh, hey. Are they pretty aggressive out your way? Uh, it was actually, I was living on the Gold Coast and um, I was only in like year two walking to school with my brother and my sister and some guys had been just annoying the, the magpie and revving it up and it was protecting its nest, obviously. And um, it as we were walking through the school grounds, it, it just started attacking us randomly and so we were running away from it and I ran into the closest girl's toilet mm. thinking I'd be fine. And it actually flew into the toilet and attacked me and wow. got right near my eye. And I walked out with my hand and blood everywhere. Wow. And wow. It's And I'll never forget it. It <laughs> followed you inside. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd be safe. And yeah. um, all of a sudden it was there still attacking me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That's a horror movie. It is. Mm. Psycho. Even worse, you is imagine if you're sitting on the toilet and you didn't know it was coming in, and then <laughs> yeah, like your yeah. pants around your ankles and it just starts pecking away. Uh, Christina and Logan, Hi, guys. well, that's where your pants are when you're sitting on the toilet, aren't they? They're not hanging up on the hook behind the door. <laughs> no, you have a very active imagination. <laughs> you do. That's where you go to. Have you been? A, have you been injured by a magpie? Oh, yeah. So a few, um, when I was little, back in the day when we didn't have signs, you know, magpie area, Mm. um, I was riding my bike and it was one of those old school helmets, like the the foam one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the magpie swooped and its beak got stuck in my helmet. Wow. So it was actually, (laughs) it was stuck to my head. Like, I'm I'm emotional just talking about it because I've been scared of birds since. So it's fluttering around attached to my head. Wow. 10-year-old child riding my bike. Oh, my gosh. So then I took my helmet off mm. and, like, ran off, and it was just stuck. Anyway, it was, yeah, oh. <laughs> very scary. <laughs> yeah. Christina, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> You've gone right <laughs> yeah. back there. You've got po- p- uh, post-traumatic much. stress disorder. <laughs> Pretty oh. much. No, I can't go anywhere near any birds, like pigeons, magpies, no. anything, like I chickens. I'm, I just, yeah, nah. So, yeah. Right. yeah. I don't think they make those helmets anymore. No. <laughs> That's insane. So did yep. you go back for your helmet after that, or did you just... Oh, God, no. Let no. it go. So we, we left the bike there and everything. We came back like the next day. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no. Yeah, is... no. I was very scared. Too many victims. Thank, well, you know what? We should take a moment to say thank you to everyone who shared, shared their story. story. We do appreciate it. And um, if this has brought up any bad memories for you, go and check it. What's the Magpie website so you know where to avoid? Magpie Alert. Magpie Alert. A guy started it up after he had a vicious um, attack. Yep. And he wanted to uh, warn everyone of the areas that you should avoid after that. He's so brave. He's so brave. Stav, Abby and Matt. On Hit 105. The Truth Booth. I want you to tell her the truth. Yes. Stav and I have gone. But mm-hmm. now it is Matty Acton's turn. So anything you want to ask him, he's going to go into the Truth Booth. Well, he's in there now. So he's only uh, let it pass. <laughs> Sorry, hon. It's... 
soundproof. Uh, <laughs> so he's allowed to pass on one of the questions. Yes. So they're meant to be like trying to expose secrets from people or just uncomfortable Getting questions. To know you in a really uncomfortable way. Yes. Alrighty, and I haven't been drinking. Usually I'd answer any of these questions after beers. Yeah, okay. people would nurse them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So anything you want to know about one Maddie John Acton? He's got yes. two middle names. Maddie, John Matthew, Paul. John Paul Acton. John Paul, Ringo no. and George. Very Peter. biblical. <sighs> Matthew, John, Peter Acton. It was my first Holy Communion name. Catholic? Yep. Yep. And I only picked it because my best friend at the time's name was Peter too. <laughs> and that's why I did it. Wow. Cute. Maddie in uh, Carbo. Uh, Maddie, what's your question for Maddie Acton, who's in the truth booth? Uh, my question is, um, who's been the worst co-host to work with? Oh, <laughs> ever? Yep, I'll yep. go with Emma. You're going to have to turn your radio down there. I'm going to... I'm gonna. Oh, See, I want to answer... You the... can pass on one, then you've got to answer the other two. You're allowed to pass. I'll say the name, and then people will just know if they'll have to Google to know the backstory, because it was a big thing with this company. Well, I see. Mel Gregg right. is the girl's Ooh. name. Mm. I'm not sure if you can remember her. Mm. Um, her and I just did not get along. Mm. It was personality clash. It was a massive personality clash. Um, I had been doing a show with uh, someone who I really enjoyed doing it with yep. when I was on the Hot 30, yep. and that person left. Uh, it was Maud Garrett. She left because yes. she wanted to go overseas to LA, yep. and then they brought in um, Mel. And at the start, it was all sweet. We got along really, really well. Mm. And then she just started to think that I was constantly trying to get her fired. Mm-hmm. Like she thought that I had that power to do that. Um, you do walk around pretending you have that power. Oh, <laughs> look, you know, at any stage anyone can go, no, no, no. Because um, I was up to work with you. Um, yes, why did you not take the job? Because I had the opportunity to work with staff. Oh, <laughs> that's upsetting. No, that's they, upsetting. I always wanted to do um, breakfast. And yeah. I was, yeah, so I, they, this job came up, but we worked with each other yeah. before doing that. Yeah, so I worked with her for about, I think it was about seven months, and we just, lots of fighting off air about mm. ridiculous things that didn't matter, and I really struggled with it because previously I had worked with people who I yeah. loved, and then we, we couldn't get along. Um, and I was Which actually I'm friends with her, and I do love her, but I think it's just personality clash. And I think she was going through a difficult time moving to Sydney as well. Yeah, like if I've seen her since, and we've caught up yeah. and spoken, but um, some people you just were not supposed to work with, yeah. and it's a shame because mm. it's such a fun job. Yeah, but was... you're in a little box with each other. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't think she liked me. She really didn't like me. Who's that your a... uh, favourite co-host? Stav. I mean, uh, I've I've never had a favourite. <laughs> We fell in love pretty early. No, you didn't like him at first. No, that was once. This I first have to time. say that because I'm bitter. When did you not like me? You when you went out for beers, like I'm still not sure about him. And I, I said, you love like him. I, I love sure. him. I just wasn't sure. I was very early in our relationship. And you I was wore sunglasses sure. that whole time for two hours indoors and you didn't like me? <laughs> they were prescription and oh. I forgot and I knew that you thought that. Anyway, we've gotten over that. Thank you for dragging that up, Abby. Just because you're jealous. I'll just sit over here. Dan okay. in Bribey Island, what do you got for me? Hey, Maddie, how are you? Good, buddy. Um, have you ever had any rude thoughts about Abby? Have you ever had any rude thoughts about Abby? <laughs> Maddie has rude thoughts about everyone. Uh, no, I haven't. You, you do... can't pass on it. No, I'm not passing. I'll answer it. I haven't had any proper ones. Um, proper ones? Every, one, of the, every, one of the non-proper ones. Every guy... I think every guy in Brisbane has. Wow. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, you. we know your answer, Dan. I think every guy, you know, when you think about everyone you meet, you go, would they ever want to be with me? And Are you, you looking go, at no? Stav? You're not making eye contact with me now. 
Yeah, no, no, no proper ones. You and I, we fight too much. Like, yeah, we're, we're too like brother and we're, sister. Yeah, legit like brother and sister. sister. Not cousin, because you know he'd go there, but hmm. I mean brother and sister, Dan. Okay, didn't stop Luke and Leia. Just saying. <laughs> they didn't know. No. Either did I, remember. Uh, Liz in Loken Village, what do you got? So, Maddie, how do you get along with Ethan, your stepson's biological dad? How's your relationship? Ah, oh. oh, because, yeah, he's my eldest is 15. Dean, turns yes. 16 next but year. He's always been your son and he's always called you dad. Yes, correct. I've never met him um, and neither has Ethan. Wow. Yeah, right. Um, okay. He's never been around before. I met my wife and uh, Ethan when he was three. Ethan was three. So um, had already had him. And I think for us it's been, it's been better because we've never had to take on that extra person. Well, if he's never wanted to be a part, like he's aware and he's never yes. wanted to be. Yes. So my, I mean, my wife is incredible. She raised him completely on her own until we met. And then mm. even in the first couple of years of our relationship, she was very separate, kept that very separate, never mm. wanted to make me feel like I had to take that on. Obviously, we've been together 12 years now. Mm. Um, so Ethan calls me dad. Um, I have all the arguments with him about all that stuff that you meant to. Although he's taller and has a deeper voice than Maddie. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Do you know when I first met you, though, like I was like, oh, my God, this guy's a little bit immature. Like, And you were fun, Maddie, but I was always very immature. And it was it was really crazy when he's like, yeah, no, I just need to take my son. We're going to go out and uh, go into the park. And I was like... Oh, really? And then all of a sudden I was like, you do have a mature side. It was it was really nice seeing such a young guy take on the responsibility mm. of a child with such joy. Well, I was 18 when we met. Mm. So I met Esther probably like six months after I'd finished school. So I'd finished year 12 and then moved out of home, got a job, and then had a kid instantly and have been a dad cool. ever since then. So, um, But I've loved it. I, I'm I'm really... It sounds strange, but I'm very thankful that I have never had to... Have, I've just been able to be his dad mm. the whole time. I've never had to worry about that. So Now outside influences. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it is tough. They come home and they go back to... The, and he's changed his name as well. He's, he's an actor, yes. isn't he? Yep. Yeah. He's a fully... I've adopted him. When did you do that? Like, did you have to... We, Esther and I, we did that you don't have to answer officially, you know, just before we got married. Oh, so you've oh. actually adopted him? Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah. The mm. whole, done the whole thing. It's on his birth certificate. It's been changed. Oh, wow. Cool. Everything. Yeah. Mm. So I'm stuck with him and he's stuck with me. That's how it works. That's nice. Yeah. Thanks, Liz. Great question. I appreciate it. No that. worries. I would encourage people to, um, you know, I guess guys, young guys quite often go, oh, single mum, blah, 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 blah. Don't ever... Take that into account. I think you have to, if you're prepared to be mature enough to take that on, mm. you'll, you'll miss out on some wonderful relationships if you just go, oh, they've got a kid, I'm not interested yeah, in Yeah, just look at The Bachelor. They're always the ones that win. Exactly right. <laughs> Stav, Abby and Matt. On Hit 105. Hi, I'm Dr. Nikki, sexologist and relationship expert. As a sexologist, I get asked a lot of questions. When you look at the internet, what images do you look at? Are we doing it right? Am I normal? Figuring out whether I want other people in my life to know about this. There's a lack of permission and education out there. It depends on the connection you have with people. Where there's so much information that's needed that here's a platform where I can say all the things that I can't say on air. So I have one leg that's suspended off the ground. So this is why I've started Sex and Life. Download me.
Dr. Nikki with Sex and Life, podcast1.com.au and the Podcast One app. There's a war being waged against the ivory tower. I just want to burn it down. Feminism is a mean, vindictive, man-hating philosophy. Protesting against Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, This is going to be an interesting chat. He is known as the world's most controversial man. Uh, He's going to be here in Australia. And tickets to see Milo's Troll Academy are at milolive.com.au. His name is Milo Yiannopoulos, and he joins us. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're good. Most controversial. I thought that went to Trump. Do you reckon you're uh, you're up there more controversial than him these days? I I, I aspire the sort of uh, controversy that Daddy produces, but um, I, I, maybe I'll take the second spot. Who knows? Certainly, the media regards me with uh, horror, suspicion, and hatred. I think for uh, for revealing just how little they know about the people they write about. For, yeah. for those of you that that are listening that don't know about you, why would you say that you are so controversial? What is it that you do? Well, by the normal rules of the progressive left, of the social justice warriors and the feminists and all the people who insert themselves into public life and create a nuisance, people like you have somebody over there, I think, called Clementine Ford who's a perfect example of this. I shouldn't exist. I'm a gay Jew with a black husband. Yeah, I disagree with them on everything. Mm. And I demonstrate that their identity politics, this idea that black people should believe certain things, white people should believe certain things, women should believe certain things, are complete garbage. And I also demonstrate that their speech codes, the idea that, you know, having the wrong political opinion amounts to hate or harassment or abuse, is a load of old nonsense as well. It's codswallop. Um, my shows are full of mischief and irreverence and fun, poking fun at establishment uh, figures and, and the people in power. You know, really, there's a few simple observations about public life, which I make, which you're not really supposed to, which is the left now runs everything. They run universities, they run the media, they run the entertainment business. So if you're going to be a comedian and you're going to be funny, you should be poking fun at them. Mm-hmm. But you're not really allowed to do that. I mean, you make fun of the wrong black lesbian or the wrong disabled Muslim or whatever in public life, you're going to get yourself into real big trouble. You lose your newspaper column, you can't have a job on TV. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't describe yourself as a feminist, like most women, by the way. You might put your job at risk too. That's wrong. So I like to poke fun at the hypocrisies and, and lunacies of modern life, and in particular, the threat to free speech and free expression represented by so much of the media and so much of the progressive left, which has this outsized influence on how we all live. You're saying that people should be able to say whatever they want and not be judged for it because all, all they're really doing is creating more tension by saying, hey, we're open to free speech, but we're actually not unless you agree with us. Well, what I'm saying is that you can force people to pretend that they agree with you in public, as feminists do, and as the left does, by hounding anyone who steps out of line out of public life. But you can't really change how they actually think. And all you do is store up resentment and hatred and bitterness. And that sometimes explodes in things like the Trump presidency. Right. an example of people who, were, who had just had enough. Um, I don't. I think there should be consequences. Of course, there should be consequences for free speech. We are all individually accountable for what we say. My, um, you know, my point is that you shouldn't criticise or, 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 or uh, you know, proscribe people for having the wrong political opinions or for telling the wrong jokes or for using the wrong language. It shouldn't be professionally dangerous. Obviously, we're a, a global, a global um, nation these days, but. Um... Clementine Ford, you've brought her up. Are you familiar with her? Has she discussed anything with you online? Uh, she, I mean, like all um, 
you know, low-rent feminist. She attacks targets bigger than her to try to raise her own profile. So she has attacked me on Twitter a few times. Right. Um, I never pay very much attention to it. But I, I, I have paid her a little attention since I've been planning to come to Australia. And um, if she's really the best that you have to offer, maybe Australia is not under any great risk of turning into a feminist superstate anytime soon. Because um, she's somebody who sort of uh, apes arguments she's heard made by Americans um, badly uh, and attempts to sort of bully and cajole and harass people into her own conspiratorial worldview. Um, if she's the best that Australia has to offer, I feel sorry for your feminists, but I also would like to debate her publicly because I would like to demonstrate that you don't need to be afraid of people like that. You know, if she's come, you know, she, she sort of picks on people, tries to destroy their careers, tries to ruin their friendships, tries to publicly shame them on Twitter. This is the worst sort of totalitarian behavior, and it's done by people who are afraid that they can't argue on the merits, that they might not win if they're forced to stick to the facts. And instead, they use public shaming and name-calling and bullying as a way of getting... Um, uh, as a way of enforcing their worldview rather than persuading people. So I'd like to see her persuade people. I'd like her to try to persuade me. Um, so I've, I've, I've had an open invitation for her. Any of my tour dates, and she can pick any city she likes. We just added a new date because Sydney's completely sold out. So we just added a new date on the 30th of November in Sydney. She can pick any of my tour dates. We will fly her there. Um, we will get, make it, take her out for a nice dinner, and then I want to debate her live on stage. To take it all away, all the fancy words, you know how you say everyone's entitled to their own opinion and then you sound sometimes, I guess, anti-feminist. Wouldn't that be the case that they're entitled to their opinions? Of course, but the problem is that if you are anti-feminist, you can't have a job in public life. If you don't describe yourself as a feminist, you won't get much work in Hollywood. If you don't describe yourself as a feminist, you won't have a mainstream newspaper column. If you don't describe yourself as a feminist, you'll have a lot of trouble getting a job as an anchor on TV. That's yeah, see, I, I don't know. I disagree with that because I, I wouldn't call myself a feminist. I wouldn't call myself an anti-feminist and I have a job. Well, I think Australia is a lot more sensible in a lot of these regards. My experience so far with the Australian media and Australian fans has been that they are much more commonsensical than a lot mm. of the public in the UK and in, in America. So, may, you know, maybe Australia, maybe I'm destined to, to, uh, to, to have a, we a, might, a, a yeah. big fan base in Australia. It certainly looks that way. We might have um, too much of a but, loving uh, you for know, you here. Can I ask you about uh, something that um, you've been quoted as saying here, and you're openly gay. Sure. Um, and you say yes. gay rights have made us dumber. Yes. What does that mean? Well, this was a satirical. This was a satirical column. Uh, very often, you know, if, if you straddle the line between comedian and social commentator on the left, you get a TV show. You end up as John Stewart or as uh, Bill Maher or as uh, as Stephen Colbert. If you do it on the right, people treat your jokes like journalism and your journalism like a joke. Oh, okay. um, so I wrote a satirical column that basically said that since IQ was partially heritable, given the gay emancipation where gay people are no longer expected to get married and then have a secret private gay life. Gay people were being removed from the gene pool. In, in, in effect, gay people weren't breeding as much. And we know that IQ is partially heritable. So the inevitable consequence of that is that gay people are not breeding, since gay people we know test higher for IQ than the average, um, are making the population dumber by not having kids. So it was, a, it was a, actually a science-based piece of provocation that readers loved. It was one of my most popular columns ever. But it is thrown at me from time to time to try to insinuate that I'm some kind of crank or nut or weirdo. And actually, it was a, really, it was a very funny column based on study. People make headlines out of just one sentence? That's insane, <laughs> Milo. I've never heard about that. I know. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Well, you know what? You've intrigued me. Mm, me too. I'm going to come and watch this show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. I'm going to come and see what it's all about. Um, MiloLive.com.au is a place to go and get tickets for uh, Milo's Troll Academy Tour. Thank you for calling mm. in this morning. We appreciate it, Milo. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Take you. Care. Stav, Abby and Matt. On Hit 105. Hey, we've got uh, $10,000 to give away seven 
8am tomorrow. We're going to play Alpha Bucks, but you get the uh, letters right now so you can go and practice if you would like to. Mm-hmm. And the letters for tomorrow are, of course, somewhere on the paper that I'm shuffling through. They are... I don't think we've been told the letters. No, we got them, we got them, we got them. They are H and S for high school. There you go. Stav, Abby and Matt. On Hit 105. For anyone that works in retail, works behind the checkout, serves the customers. Yes. 13, 10, 60, I'd like to hear your awkward retail moments because I'm sure you know those things that happen that no one else is probably even remembering, but you wake up in the middle of the night going, I can't believe I did that. I still do that. You know? Mm. Yeah. And um, this happened uh, to a guy that was serving me on the weekend because I went and bought Momoa. Got a lawnmower. You got a lawnmower. Look at you into gardening. Hey, look at me go. Electric lawnmower. Electric, I know. I was a bit dubious about that, but they sold me on it um, for more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I bought the lawnmower and uh, I was having a chat to the dude and I was like, what do you think? Should I get this one? Should I get this one? This is how big my yard is. This is all the stuff that's happening. And I settled on the um, the electric and then it was all pretty pretty quick turnaround. But but before I knew it, I was at the the, um, the checkout and I was paying. Having buyer's remorse? No, no, it was, it was pretty good. If, if, I, if I have like a 10-minute window to think about it, I'll probably walk out, but it was pretty quick, so I was done. But um, he, was, he said he was a new, new guy. Uh, he's just moved um, from Bundaberg, I think. And um, so he was quite nervous. He hadn't been yeah. working there for very long. And it went, came time to um, give him my card to put the, the money in. And he said, um, okay, so um, how are you paying? I said, I'll use my card. He goes, okay. And he got out the little machine and he put it down. He went, okay, uh, just your PIN number. And I said... I trust you, mate, but I'm not telling you my PIN number. So he didn't say put in your PIN number. No, he he said, was like, give me your PIN, PIN number. Yeah, what's your PIN number? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, you look like a trustworthy guy, but I'm not giving you my PIN number. And he went, I meant savings or check. Um, and here's my license oh, as well. Yeah, so you know, is that what he was really yeah, thinking? Like, yeah. can get his PIN. And then <laughs> the guy, because he was a young kid and the old guy who probably owned the store, he was serving someone as well. And he was at that same moment too. And he went, um, and there you go. Uh, you're paying with card. Okay, I'm not going to ask you for your PIN number because I'm not a moron, uh, but check the savings. You can see him just dying on the inside, just actually thinking to himself that he wished that didn't happen. I wish that hadn't (laughs) happened. And he'll live with that for the rest of his life. Not that, I mean, I'm bringing it up again. (laughs) My hand is listening. Mm, Yeah. I worked in retail for so long, I used to work, my favourite job was working at Q. Mm. I loved all the clothes, Mm. and this lady came in. still love them. Yeah, I do. And this lady came in and she was like, I just need to get a whole wardrobe. And I was like, of course you do. And she was like, I just need to update it. My body's changed. And I was like, of course. And I was getting all these different clothes and she was like, I like this, I like that, I like this. And I was like, and you know what, mm. Like this is going to be so good. And she was very tall and she's very slender with a tummy. And I said to her, you are going to love this because as you grow throughout no. your pregnancy, you it will just you expand. And she just looked at me and she said, what? And I said, throughout your pregnancy, like as you get further on, she goes, I'm not pregnant. Rookie. My world span. I kid you not. The, the whole room just span. I went bright red and I said, you're not? Because <laughs> I don't know what to say. And she was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah. Because you I definitely look it. <laughs> so sorry. I went into the back room. I started crying. Mm. Another girl came in. She's like, she wants to see you. I said, I'm not going back out there. She was like, she wants to see you. She really likes your advice. I had to go out there. She stayed in the store for two hours and she spent $2,000. And at the end, she's like, thank you so much. I've just had a baby. You've really inspired me to get back in shape. I'm like, no, I promise. You're really beautiful. But that's why I'll never say to anyone. 
Congratulations on the pregnancy. I've been I wish that hadn't happened. <laughs> oh, so true. We've got Hannah in North Lakes. What was your awkward retail moment? I was actually working in a doctor's surgery and a guy in a wheelchair came in and I said, oh, the doctor won't be too long. Just take a seat. Oh, I hate that. I wish that hadn't happened. Oh. And then I was just like, oh, just wheel over there. I don't know. And then oh. I just didn't know what to say. What, I mean, what do you say? Like, what if you say, if you just like to stand to the side? Nope. Like, what, no. Like, what do you no, say to them? No, just... Pa- oh, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing. Park your ass over there, buddy. Yeah, I guess yeah. it... said make yourself comfortable. Yes, oh, Hannah. Hannah. good one, And yes. you thought about that six months later, didn't yes. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad luck. Uh, Andrew, in Tivoli, uh, awkward retail moment? Yeah, I started work... Well, th- I was three weeks into working at a mechanic shop, and a customer came in to drop his car off. Mm-hmm. As, you know, he's like, hey, Barrett, my name's Barry, dropped my car off. And we were like, okay, dropped his car off, did all the work to the vehicle, and then we called him to come in, and then someone else came in to pick it up, and he's like, oh, it's Beatrice, I'm just coming to pick up my car. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, sorry, this is Barry's car. Oh, no, he was dressed as his alter ego, Beatrice, full dress, wig, makeup and everything. Now, see, that's clever on his behalf because he knows the stereotype is that mechanics will try to rip off a woman. So he's gone in. (laughs) 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 Wow. We've got Tamika in Caloundra. What's your awkward retail moment? Um, I worked at Colette um, back in Bathurst and I had a lady, an older lady and a younger guy come in and they were shopping for a wedding and I looked at the guy, I was like, oh, that's good, you're coming to help your mum. And he, they looked at me and she goes, it's not my son, that's my partner. I bet they didn't buy the dress from you, Tamika. Um, it was jewelry, and I just walked away and went to another customer, and they walked out. I was like, I'm not dealing with that now. <laughs> no, that's so bad. What was the, did you, if you were going to take a stab at the age difference, what would it be? Um, I would probably say over 20 years. Yeah. Okay. okay. Kim and Jim Boomba, awkward retail moments. What do you got? Uh, hi, I was working in a phone retail store about 10 years ago, and I was selling um, Bluetooth handset devices. And my pitch was how to talk on the phone while not getting caught by police. Mm-hmm. Didn't realise I was selling it to a head honcho police from our local police store. <laughs> also good if you need a burner phone, if you're a drug dealer or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went bright red and I just didn't know how to save myself after that. Yeah. So, hang on, so you, if you're selling Bluetooth, that, that's not illegal to be on a Bluetooth headset. No, it wasn't. It was just the the, the way I pitched it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and then it was just about how to, uh, you know, talk avoid. on the phone. Yeah. Avoid. And I called them the, no. you know, the derogative uh, oh, term. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. So I dug myself a really big grave and then did not know how to get out of it. And then gave a false name just in case they look you up. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't know what to do. Oh. I was like, my name's on the document that I've just told you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Laura, you're on the air. What do you got for us? Hi. When it was my first ever job, I worked in a bookstore, and I'm fresh out of school, Catholic school, mind you, mm-hmm. and I've approached a guy to ask him if, what he, like, if I can help him today. He happened to be in the family baby section, mm-hmm. and... And next thing I know, I'm getting a full story about how his wife has just left him because of reasons of not being that good in the bed sort of thing. And he's asking for my recommendation on books to help him. 
And I'm just absolutely shocked because I'm like, you know, I, I'm a 17-year-old girl and I have no clue what's going on. So I've just gone into salesperson mode and like gone, oh, well, are you a visual learner or what's going on? <laughs> you have books that, like, for that reason. But yeah, that was so awkward and it definitely put me off working in retail. And now I've been cut to the uh, are you a visual person? You might have to go to the news agency if you're more visual. Yeah. yeah, we've got anonymous. True. Here we go. What's your uh, awkward retail story? Uh, my awkward retail story. I was working at a cafe this was a couple of years ago, and um, there was a really lovely couple that would come in. And he was actually he is a sort of famous Brisbane sportsman for mm-hmm. Brisbane yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was lovely, and I was quite chatty with her. Um, and I saw him out one night and him and all of his teammates were there and he said, oh, you know, I've broken up with blah, blah and, and let's have a boogie and we kind of hooked up that night. Mm-hmm. And um, next morning at work, I'm head down making the coffees and they walk in and she's there and she's having a chat and all lovely and he was bright red and both, I just kept my head down and made the coffees and served them and it was the most awkward moment of my life. Oh, no. So you had been there yeah. with him the night before and then his well, he wife said he broke came up in. with her. Yeah, yep, yep, exactly. So this is, you know, eight hours prior. Yeah. You didn't feel like saying, hey, big night last night? You want a double shot? Because yeah. you must be exhausted. <laughs> Oh God! It was so awkward. Never, never saw him again. They, uh, they stopped coming, so I don't know if she found out or, yeah. All right, give her the music. <laughs> if it works. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awkward. That's awkward. <laughs> Stav, Abby, and Matt on Hit One Hundred Five. You're from the seventies, but I'm a nineties bitch. Rightio, time to do a bit of a sound test. If you were born in the 90s, we love to roll this out with you to see if you know songs, if you know... Um, we've done ad jingles as well, haven't we? That yes, was a good one. I mm. like those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this one is going to be reality shows. Mm. Reality, reality TV. TV. Quite, yeah. a, quite a splurge of them uh, throughout the 2000s. And yeah, I think I was on the first one that came. The mole. Yeah, mole, so that's mole, what I'm saying. Mole, like, mole, I didn't mole. know what reality show was when we were going on it. Like, you had to sign a contract. You didn't know what you were filming. Mm. Oh, really? Or they what network they was going to do it. No. See, the thing... And I'm, my friends thought I went on pop stars, and they're like, Han, you can't <laughs> sing, because that was the only one that was advertised and was filming around the same time. Neither could anyone on pop stars. So. <laughs> oh, Sophie Monk. No, actually, you know what? You've got to give credit. They put out some good songs. They put out some hit songs Poison? from Pot Stars. Yes. Bardot. There was scan- Scandalous. Did he just say Bardot? I think he did. did you he mean Bardot, don't you? Yes, I know. I'm taking the piss. Oh. Come on. We're just look. checking. Babe. Hang on. Let me just, let, okay. let me just have, a, have a look here. This is Bardot. Remember Bardot? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll retract that comment. <laughs> yeah, Thank <but> you. <laughs> okay. So we ask you to give a call if you want to be tested. First up from Nudgee Beach, we've got Mason. Mason, what year were you born? In 94. 94. All right, All right we're going to play. Wait a sec, Mason, have you got an accent? Yeah, I'm Canadian. Oh, that's going to make it tricky. Okay, go to the Canucks, I by the way. I think it might. Yeah. <laughs> you just realised, didn't you? All right, well, mm. let's see. We we're going to play a little snippet of one. Yeah. What is this reality show? Karen's not sleeping with you. Oh, she is. Well, why don't you talk to her about it? No. She hasn't seen anything to me. Game on, game on, moles. Game on, moles. 
I have no idea. A yeah. bunch of people talking. <laughs> All over the top of each other. You would have thought they worked that out. Well, they had mics in days. every room. Yeah. I think they... Uh, yeah. Can I take a shot? Yeah. Yes. Big brother. Yeah, yeah. Luck of the Canucks got you through there, well, Mason. They had well that done. All over the world. Yeah, but yeah. Canadian Big Brother is very polite. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke and Thornlands, you ready to tell us what this Australian uh, reality show is? I'll give it a red hot day. Yeah, you will, Luke. All right, have a listen. Hi, I'm Mike Whitney, and welcome to the show where we could dare you to do something you never thought you could, should, or would do. Hmm. Mike Whitney hosting a show. Any ideas? Yeah, it's got to be Who Dares Wins, doesn't it? Yes! Yes, it does. Well done, Luke. That show takes me back because you watch it now and I don't think they would have got away with it. I still clearly remember a guy had to swim across crocodile-infested water and you're just like, he could die. Like, they wouldn't do that anymore. He'd be in a glass cage, wouldn't he? He'd be hovering above it or something, but he was just swimming across and the crocodiles were all looking at him. And... I hear what you're saying. Occupational health and safety's yeah, really got... ruined things I for us. I think so, yes. Was that the first one or was it uh, It's a Knockout? Like, do you know what I mean? The first game reality? Deny. Remember yeah. It's a Knockout? Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I don't else. know what came first. Alex, in Narengva, hey. you were born in 1992. Are you ready for yours? Hey. Oh, I'm ready. Tonight you'll see the best of Australia's athletes come face-to-face with each other and our champions. Vulcan, Cheetah, Hammer, Blade, Cougar, Delta, Force, Rebel, Taipan, Fury, Tower and Flame. Simple, simple. Come on, any ideas? I have absolutely no idea. I couldn't hear hear much of it. Oh, you couldn't hear it? That's a shame. Um, Have you got any ideas? Abs? Uh, yeah, I think I know that one. Yeah, thank you. What's so funny? No, oh, I, uh, I, I got no idea. I couldn't. I didn't get much of it. Oh. It was gladiators, buddy. Gladiators. Oh. <laughs> Doing. That was a good one. Yes, the original warrior ninja. Ninja mm. warrior. A uh, ninja warrior. Sorry, mm. same thing. Uh, Joe in <laughs> red bag planes. You ready to go here, buddy? Yeah, mate. All right, here we go. Abby, Linda in the back, and Patrick are in the first plane. Oh, any ideas, Jai? <laughs> um, no, no idea. Um, the Abby they're talking was, about is this Abby. There was a really annoying 18-year-old girl on that show. Oh. Mm. She was a bit of a... Mole. Joy Shaw? <laughs> no. I have no idea. The mole. Uh, the mole. Is the mole. And Abby was on that. Yeah. Were you the mole? No, I was the loser. So there was the mole, the winner and the loser, and I was them at the end, yeah. All righty, James, this is our last one. You ready to go, buddy? Yeah, mate. You were born in 1995. Here we are. We're in Manly, one of Sydney's hottest suburbs. Danny and Monique, Matt and Jane, Kirsten and Jason, and Richard and Stephen are about to take on the toughest challenge of their lives. I think I know. James, any idea uh, what that was? Uh, was it? Ooh. Was it a game show? Kind, it? kind of. It was a contest of some description. Give, some, give us a clue. It's still on TV, but it has a new host, which I only learnt yesterday when I saw the DVD box set in the Salvos. Oh. Oh. Um, Time's up, buddy. It was the block. It's the block. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, Jamie Jury actually you saw yes. hosted, hosted the first couple of seasons. Wow. Uh, there it was we in go. Bondi, wasn't it, mm. the first one? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stav, Abby and Matt. On Hit 105. Hi, Tiffany Hall and Cass Dunn here. We are so excited to share with you our new show called Crappy to Happy. And Cass, there are so many ways to feel crappy. Absolutely. We're stressed, we're busy, overwhelmed, uh, eating too much sugar, emotional eating. Oh my gosh, there's so many. You're a personal trainer, I'm a psychologist. Together we've worked with thousands of people to help them improve their emotional, mental, physical well-being. It's going to be so much fun. And you're going to learn a lot along the way. And so are we. (laughs) And so are we from each other. So go to podcastone.com.au and tune in. And smokes through the upside. It just gets better and better. Stephen Smith will now take a bow. Yeah, Steve Smith, he's got a new book, The Journey. Uh, Staff and Habit caught up with him uh, earlier in the week. And this is how their chat went. Morning. Good morning. Do you know you are my favourite cricket player? Because you've always just been so down to earth and nice and also a good quality player. So well done. Thank you very much. I'm a bit nervous because it is Captain Dr- Grumpy the Second that we are chatting to. What uh, do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since he's, he's known as uh, Captain Grumpy after uh, Alan Border, who was oh, very grumpy. But I yeah, think that's yeah. what the Australian players need at the moment, Steve. So I'm not using that as a disparaging term. I think you're doing a fantastic job. No, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, how did this come about? Was it you going, I need to write a book, or someone's come to you and go, hey, we need to write a book about you. Have you got photos that we can put in the middle, and will you be willing to do it? No, look, it was, it was just an opportunity to tell a bit about myself from where I've come and to where I am now. So, um, you know, really enjoyed the process working with Brian Murgatroyd in, in writing the book. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good Christmas present, I think. So hopefully everyone goes out and buys it. <laughs> You've always been such a, a good young player. How early did you pick up a bat? Because I've got two little boys and I always think, oh, wouldn't it be good if they, you know... Could make did, us some money later on make in us life. some money, which is probably not what your parents <laughs> thought. It's just me. What age did you start? Like, what is it, what is, I guess, too late to be the prodigy? Um, I probably started playing cricket when I was four or five. Um, when I was probably old enough to pick up a bat, I always wanted something in my hands and, and playing with a bat and ball. So um, I started probably that early, played all club cricket, um, you know, under eights and Milo Havago, I think it was called back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, I, I just loved it as a kid and, um, yeah, still love it today. Now, brass tacks, we've got the Ashes coming up. Uh, always a great time of year at the Gabba. How do you think the team's going to go? Yeah, look, we're, we're shaping up really well. It's, um, we've got a good prep this year. We've got three Shield games to play, and um, guys are, are really excited about the, the first test starting on 23rd November. Um, the first test is always a big one. Mm. The, the Gabba's been a bit of a fortress for the Australian team over mm. a long period of time, so um, it's an important um, test. We need to start the series really well and um, can't wait to get going. Because I've said this in the past to a few um, cricketers, I, I know the format is very, very well liked, the, the Big Bash and the, the 2020, but I think there's a, there's a generation of cricketers that now aren't that familiar with holding a crease for five days and really going the long haul with it now. Would you agree with that? Uh, I think it's on and off. Um, obviously, T20 cricket's um, a tremendous format of the game as well and very exciting and gets different fans out to the game. Um, but for me, Test Cricket's the, the ultimate, um, and Ashes series is the ultimate. It's, mm. um, it's, a, it's a fantastic series to be involved with. Uh, this will be my fifth series, first as captain, so 
really excited. But um, no, nah, look, I, I love Test cricket, and and I think it's alive and well at the moment. Can we talk about the pool? Have you heard about the pool? How good it is at the Gabba? At the Gabba? Yeah. yeah. Oh, looks magnificent. Yeah. I'd love to go jump in there at some point. It'd be great. Can you just but, do that? Just for once? <laughs> like they pan over and they're like, where's Steve Smith? And just go, hey, just having a swim. Just having my recovery, you know. We, we yeah. talk about those ice baths and things yeah. like that. There's nothing better than going for a little dip every now and again. <laughs> what, what has it been like with Darren Lehman? Because I believe he was the one that sort of announced that you were going to be the captain when you were there. I don't know if that was a bit of a blur and you can't remember the announcement. But we've always loved him here. Is he is he amazing, I guess, figure for the, the cricket world? Yeah, Bill's great. Um, you know, he brings a, a great style of coaching. He's very relaxed. Um, you know, lets the players, uh, or helps prepare the players as well as they can. And he's got a great knowledge of the game too. So, yeah, Bill's been a, a tremendous um, coach uh, since he started back in 2013. And I've really enjoyed working with him as the captain. It's only in Australia that you could use that term as a term of respect, though, isn't it, as well? This is our esteemed leader. Buffhead. Uh, Buffhead, yeah. <laughs> Buffhead's great. <laughs> and we, uh, we were pretty, I guess I was pretty chuffed as well because I do like having the, the women in the sport and I'm an AFL fan as well and that you've got the Women's League. And we, uh, we've been hearing as well that the Women's League for the cricket has the sold out as sold well. Out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's great. The, the girls started in the Ashes really well the other day. They, they won their first game. Mm. So um, it, it's really important for them as well. And uh, hopefully they can have a really good Ashes campaign. And Yeah, absolutely. Well, the book's called The Journey. Steve Smith, my story from Backyard Cricket to Australian Captain. It is a great Christmas present. I love saying this. Available from all good bookstores and the shit ones as well. Steve Smith, uh, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for your time this morning. No, thank you for having me. We'll see you at the Gabber in the pool. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Stav, Abby and Matt. On Hit 105. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Hey, Halloween was last night, and I thought there was a lot of people out doing trick-or-treating because I think the kids are just like, yes, let's get lollies, mm. let's get dressed up. But candy. All the kids are saying candy. They watch the American shows. Yeah, that's so true. What Stav was saying, we were like, why is there more people doing it? Because on all the TV shows, it's been Halloween for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they do and their candy. Halloween specials and stuff on Nickelodeon and whatnot, so they're all up with it these days. My wife started with a group of um, four kids, neighborhood yes. kids, end up with a pack of 30. That's well, good. It's better than starting with four and ending with two. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they go? I'm sure there's a couple more here. That's true. <laughs> but I was, uh, I was being sort of a, I guess you could say a lazy mum. And I was like, well, let's not go the whole door, like, neighbourhood and mm. do door knocking. So I wanted to do it a little bit earlier because I had to go out last night. And I was like, well, how about we'll just do it in our household? So I'll just keep opening the door and giving them something and shutting and they can do different dress-ups. Oh. <laughs> what? And then they did end up going out with Scotty last night to the neighbours. That's as far as we got. But Finny went and chose his own lollies that he was going to have and mm. they got dressed up. And I put this video up on my Instagram, Abby Jane Coleman. You can check it out. I've got over 50 comments. Some of them have used a hashtag that I can't even use on air, saying right. that I was a little bit cruel because when they opened the door and they thought they were going to get lollies, I gave them... A vegetable. Oh god, let's have a listen. Here we go. Sugar tree. I've got I've got lollies for you. There's a carrot for you. And there's a carrot for you. What do you mean? That's a lolly. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween. And that's why he will grow up to be a well-rounded human being. There's nothing wrong with him. 
<laughs> it was funny after I showed him the video and he's like, he's looking at it, he's like, yeah, that's kind of funny now. <laughs> I was like, all right, Finny. I gave him lollies after him, they didn't even eat him. He's oh, so full I of carrot. Yeah. <laughs> Stav, Abby and Matt. On Hit 105. Hi, I'm Dr. Nikki, sexologist and relationship expert. As a sexologist, I get asked a lot of questions. When you look at the internet, what images do you look at? Are we doing it right? Am I normal? Figuring out whether I want other people in my life to know about this. There's a lack of permission and education out there. It depends on the connection you have with people. Where there's so much information that's needed that here's a platform where I can say all the things that I can't say on air. So I have one leg that's suspended off the ground. So this is why I've started Sex and Life. Download me. Dr. Nikki with Sex and Life, podcastone.com.au and the Podcast One app. Oh, we're thankful for so many things. I'm thankful for you. You did Truth Booth and I thought it was really beautiful, Maddie. Thank you. Yeah. Will you Thank hear you that online? Much. Are you going to put it up for people to watch? Um, uh, I won't do that, but uh, Scotty, our <laughs> social guy, I'm sure will do his little choppity chop on the computer choppity and chop. get it up there on uh, on our Facebook page. Yes. Some things are not grateful for, so we like to leave the show by getting it off our chest. Abby. That's you. Don't wear white again. <laughs> like ever. I had the inability to go a full day or even a full morning without dropping something on myself. Normally it's food. Today, I put mascara on, put it back into the little casing, for some reason flicked it, and I had black mascara all over myself. Oh. Lucky Maddie was over there and said I should use soda water. And dab, not to white. To get it off, dab, not white. So I used his oh. drink yeah. of soda water to do it. But thanks. But no thanks. Yeah, but that, that was the murkiest water afterwards. Yeah. What came? What would come out of the shirt besides mascara? It was like mur- like white and murky. I don't know. I watched his shirt. <laughs> I watched his shirt. I, you know, I sometimes I look at girls that are wearing white pants and mm-hmm. I think, oh, brave. You are so <laughs> brave. Mm. You are a brave, brave woman. All by a mirror. A little bit crazy, but brave. Mm. Weather apps. Mm. Weather men. Weather, weather women. People who predict the weather. Meteorologists. Those guys, yeah. <laughs> Let's get rid of them. Okay. I don't want to, like, make them completely unemployed. Like, Gary Youngbury, great bloke. So you like them, but you don't like the apps? you got to have one or the other. No, no, I don't like the fact that they tell us what the weather's going to be. Because I feel like we change too many plans and we react to it too much. So what am I going to wear tomorrow? Let's check the weather and find out. What's going to happen on Saturday at that event? Is it going to rain? Is it not? And then you start all these conversations. You know, like, why yeah. Why can't everything just be like a lucky dip i got a challenge with the for you, weather. Then. For the next two weeks, you are not allowed to check out an app and we will take off the weather on your little sheet over there. Okay. You're not allowed to check. you just got to come with whatever you think. Yeah. I just think ignorance is bliss. There you go. Whatever that means. So let's live, <laughs> <laughs> let's live with it. Let's not know what the weather's possibly going to be. Okay. So weather people or meteor- meteorologists. meteorologists, as you're well known as, thanks but no thanks. Hey there, my daughter Rory. We were all out in the front yard yesterday doing a spot of gardening because that's what our life has become. And family <laughs> we, time. Yeah. It was lovely. You take the jobs you're meant to do and go, hey, Rory, <laughs> come out here. <laughs> you forgot to take out the trash again. <laughs> uh, so, after we planted a few herbs and some vegetables in our vegetable patch, got some carrots growing and some nice. corn. We decided to do the watering. 
And we may have turned our backs for a little bit while we were dealing with the clippings and the accoutrements of the gardening. Come back, find the hose in the bathroom window. <gasps> oh, was she like, filling up the bath? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. Did it flood? <laughs> yeah. It's not ideal, is it? <laughs> not eh? ideal. It's not ideal. The mold's growing well, though. Yeah. So. And you it's already leaking in there from the roof on rainy days. It's true. At least it's in the wet room, I suppose. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> clung to, Maddie. That is what I clung to. <laughs> thanks, Roz, but no thanks. Stav, Abby, and Matt. On Hit 105. A group of magpies is called a parliament. Yes, oh. I knew that. I knew that. Well, you think about Parliament. They're, They're a pack just of fighting. assholes as well. Yeah, good one. <laughs> All right. Well, um, should we have maybe should we explain people to what, what happened there? No, we're just talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're wow. just talking about magpies. Well, if you listen to the whole podcast, it will make sense. We're talking about magpies and how they're very cruel, and that's somewhere in the show. But uh, you asked what a group of magpies is, and I'm sa- telling you, they're called. Parliament. parliament. I knew that. A parliament of magpies. Of course, it's a gaggle of geese. But they can be called a lot of different things, apparently. Yeah, when they're like swooping a murder, in, they certainly a flock, can. Or, you know, yeah. um, a bunch of... A snorkel of spiders. Really? Mm-hmm. No, you Did made, you just you give made... me a slow blink <laughs> like you're impressed at that? You did me the whole, like... Mm-hmm. He's made that up. He's full of shit. Mm-hmm. I'm Googling that. What is a group of dolphins what called? Is a, a pod. A pod? Group of What about a spiders. group of lions? A pride. Um, a group of me cats. Uh, they're a family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm good at this, and I didn't know. You are very good at this. Yeah. That doesn't. I can't. What find about it. penguins? Uh, they're a uh, colony. Really? Mm-hmm. This is a skill staff. Snorkel was made up, by the way, but all the rest have been true. Yeah, snorkel is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> look, um, some people a fish, are saying it changes. School. School. Mm-hmm. A clutter or a cluster of spiders mm. is what you would say. What about pelicans? Uh, pelicans. Pelicans. Don't know pelicans. A storm boy of pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I found a website with 172 unusual names for groups of animals. What do you got? This is exciting, isn't it? We've obviously moved on to our post podcast. Yes. Chat right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the middle of it right what, now. What do you got? Um, uh, I believe it's a Jamiroquai of hats. <laughs> <laughs> He does have a lot of hats. <laughs> he does. He's got some good music, though. Some great music. It's a street um, of Ramses. Yes, go on. Uh, bears come in groups called a sloth, a slew, or a litter. Yeah, a sloth of bears. A sloth of bears. Mm. Beavers come in groups called a colony mm-hmm. or family. Mm-hmm. Family of beavers. Mm-hmm. Love a beaver. Bees come in groups uh, well, called hives and colonies, aren't they? Yeah, hive, swarm, mm. nest, or a grist. A grist. Yep. A grist. A grist. Um. B- uh, no. Baboons. Baboons. No. Where are they? No, there's no. Ba- you want to know baboons? No baboons on here. That's disappointing. Camels. What do you reckon they come in? Um, uh, wait, I know this one. Humps. No, camels are it's lovely a... lady humps. Wait, I know this one. It's a funny one. It's a. Uh... Train of camels? No. Correct. Yes. They either come in a train, a flock, or a caravan of camels. I had no a idea. Caravan. A caravan. That All was right, test me because I'm I'm Apparently bollocks I'm very at this. Uh, clams. What clams? clams? Clams. Yeah, what's a clam? What's a group a of clams? A cluster of clams. 
a bed of a bed clams. Of clams. Yeah, yes. that's what I would have said. I, why do I know this? Cobras. Uh, I get the fuck out of cobras. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, cobras, cobras. This is Thanks. a fun game. It's not boring. I'm a little bored now. That's all right. You can leave. What's, we'll continue. What, what's cobras? Qu- a quiver. Oh, I didn't know that one. Uh... Uh, this this one makes sense. Cockroaches. What's a group of cockroaches? Uh, the New South Wales team. <laughs> no, an intrusion. Oh, oh, I like that. An intrusion of cockroaches. Mm. All right, let's get one more. Who up. names them? Um, uh, Nick Namington. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, here we go. This, this is random. Mm. Fat men. What, what is a group of fat men called? Uh, pack of Santas. No? Um, a group of fat men? Yes, what is a group of fat men? Uh... Diabetes? What is it? Mm-hmm. A bloat. A bloat. A bloat. A group of fat men is called a bloat. Wow. All right. Well, there's 172 of these, so we might dish what's, out one of these. The, uh, what's the collective name for that? For a collection of 150 <laughs> names of names for things. <laughs> what do you call that? Oh, a good time. <laughs> a lot of fun. We, can, we might get through one of these every week, I think. Oh, hang on. One, oh, no. No, that's midgies. I thought it was midgets. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll see you Bye. tomorrow. Bye. Stab, Abby and Matt. Stab, Abby and Matt.